Michael, let me ask you something. I've always wondered, uh, and only someone like you could answer it, or a Brian Adams or someone, is it more difficult to play in your hometown? No. Well, that's interesting. No, uh, maybe it is. I don't know, Red, you're putting the pressure on me now. No, I don't mean no, that. <laughs> no. I think that, um, I think critically, it'll be more difficult for me. I think that uh, the Canadian critics will be probably a lot tougher on me than American or, or 40 other countries because I'm a hometown boy. And, um, but I think the, uh, the people, I mean, I, there's going to be fans. There's going to be some fans out there that have never met me. But you can bet your butt that there will be, out of the 14,000 people, there's going to be about 10 or 11,000 that know me, have met me, have hung out with me, or uh, know my family, or, you know, this is, it's, it's, a, it's a small city, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be loud, I think. Is it hard, though, as, as a uh, performer? I mean, are the nerves worse stepping on the stage in your hometown? I think that's the question. Uh, just the first song or two, is it tough? Or Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, a, I'll be a little more nervous, a little bit more excited. But, um, you know, I did Victoria the other night, and I was nervous there, because that's kind of, you know, it's BC, and, um, you know, I knew a lot of people were coming from Vancouver, and, and I was a little bit nervous, but it's gone. It, it's, you know, I seem to um, lack the, the function that the, the most people's brains have, which, you know, give them nervousness. And uh, I talked to Tony Bennett once about it, and I said, uh, I said, you know, Tony, I said, um, you know, you get nervous before the show. And he said, never lose that. And I thought, I said, never lose your, you mean being calm or your nerves? And uh, he said, no, never lose your nerves. And I just thought, oh, crap. Well, I've lost the, I've lost the nerves. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know how to say it, but no, no nerves. I usually have no nervousness, no, there's no trepidation. I just. It's funny because uh, I was with uh, Elvis before he went on. He was a nervous wreck. But on the other side of the coin, he was not a nervous wreck, was Bobby Darren. He was like you. Really way. calm. And Very calm. He knew what he wanted to do. He had it running through his head. Sure. Yeah. Sure, I, I, think, I, th I think I learned in the last uh, 10 or 12 years that the worst thing that can happen to you on that stage is that you forget the words yeah. or that you fall down or you do something stupid. And I mean, and then you get up and you, and you know, I call myself out. I'll stop if I sing, if I can't hear my, the key, I'll stop and I'll say, listen, you guys paid way too much money to hear me sing like that. Let's try that again. And I mean, that's the worst. I mean, it's not like I'm a fireman or a policeman or that lives are on the line or, you know, um, you know, I make music. I think this is a question a lot of people viewing us right now, looking in, would like to know, because they, in a lifetime, would never have what you've got now, and you know that. Uh, have your relatives or friends or other people approach you differently than when you were growing up or going to school? Or that? Did, they, did they talk to you differently? Did they treat you differently? I think some people yeah. do. I think there are some people that are exactly the same. And, uh, and, uh, but I think I've changed as well. And I mean, naturally, I, I hope that I'm still a nice person or that I'm who, you know, I'm down to earth or whatever they, but uh, no, I've changed. I mean, listen, I, I didn't have any money before and I had no fame and I had no, the, the, the kind of success. I think it changes you naturally. I hope it doesn't make you a horrible person or take you too far, but. Um, it gives you confidence, so you, you, you get it with each, each thing you accomplish. Sure, I think personally, I've, for me, I, if you ask my family and, and me, I'm a nicer person than I was. Um, I'm a happier person. I have a lot less to prove. People will say to me, you know, I met you 12 years ago, and you told me you were going to be a big star, and you were very cocky, and da-da-da. And now I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have to, to prove that now. I, I think I've, I've done enough, and so I'm, I'm a happier guy, you know? 
Okay. Uh, don't you notice I read you do interviews well, with I everybody? Do. Don't you notice the people that are doing kind of well are usually pretty happy, and the guys that are not quite there are the... the well, actually, that's a very interesting uh, thing. I was with Bill Cosby last night. The man's relaxed, laid back, why not? And the nicest guy you could ever meet. All the greats that I ever met, from Elvis to Nat King Cole, they were, they were with that attitude that you have. And the ones that aspire to greatness and never make it, I don't want to interview them anymore. No, no, I would say. I noticed, I mean, I noticed when I was uh, start, starting off here with Warner Brothers, they had me do a couple, uh, I did some TV shows and different things and movies and guest spots. And, and uh, so I met people like Tom Hanks uh, and even, uh, uh, what's the fellow on, that was on Las Vegas, James Caan. And they couldn't be nicer. No. Just you know, easy, laid back. And then on some of the soap operas and kind of smaller shows, these people, the actors, were not, I guess, happy at that station. And for most people watching this or watching me say this, they would say, well, how could this person not be happy? They're making great money, and they're on a successful soap opera TV show, and they're not happy. But um, when, you, when you're in this, biz this business, in this little bubble like we're in, um, you, you realize quickly that you know even though for most people watching that would be great for them, these people that's not where they want to be. You know they want to be on nighttime television, or they want to be in the movies. And if they're in TV, they want to be in film. If they're in film, they want to be in bigger films. Yeah. If you know so. Do you have any uh, uh, goals left? Because you're the kind of guy that ever since I've known you, when you were a, a, a kid, uh, you you set goals for yourself. You got some now that you want to achieve, Michael? I mean, no, you're gonna think yeah, I'm you crazy. must have some. Yeah, you're gonna think I'm nuts. I would like to, uh, I would like to work my butt off. Right. I don't know how it, it would take me. I mean, probably till I'm a, I'm a, a pretty old dude. But I would love to buy the Vancouver Canucks. Hey. I would love to buy the Vancouver Canucks and one year just sign everybody, go right to the cap and win the cup and probably lose my shorts and just walk out and say, yes, yes, they did it. They won the cup. You know, those poor Leafs fans, I, I keep joking with my friends from Toronto and saying it must have been fun to be a Leaf fan in 1932. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, that's my goal. I think I, can, I think I can probably not even come close, but I'll try it. I'll shoot for the stars if I miss. I'll hit the moon and end up buying a peewee team. Another local guy that went on to great fame uh, felt the same way, and he would like to buy the Canucks too, and that's Michael J. Fox. Yeah, would he, yeah, yeah. And why, he probably could have. He yeah. probably could have. Well, maybe, who knows, you know. But, who knows, yeah. But that was a thing he would say to you, you know, thing, he'd yeah. like to buy the, the club. Yeah. You're still a hockey fan, Huge. big time. Yeah, I played here yesterday, Jam Place. They let us have the ice for an hour and a half, and I look like a bum up there, Red. <laughs> They, they, should put a, they should have put a blade on the butt of my pants because I was probably on that for more than I was on my skates, but it was fun. And the worst part was I came out uh, and we started the skate, you know, warming up. And the first thing I noticed was a guy and he had his camera on me from, a, I guess it was Sportsnet or something like yeah. that. And I could see him coming around and I just thought, oh God, please don't show this on the, <laughs> please don't show this on the TV. I'm just, my father and I are the same way. Yeah. He, we were, were terrible skaters. We, our hands were okay. But uh, both skaters, both terrible equipment. I wasn't wearing shoulder. My dad used to wear, uh, <laughs> me and my dad are so, my dad used to wear these, uh, these uh, what, black, well, he had uh, yellow, actually. He bought yellow, uh, or black, excuse me. He had these black pads, and the, the jersey that they wanted him to wear was yellow. So my father, instead of going out to buy a new pair of uh, the hockey pants, he spray-painted <laughs> spray the pants yellow, or spray-painted them black, excuse me, because they were yellow. And he spray-painted them black. And uh, 
the boys all, they bug them still today because they said up and down the rink, there are four rinks at the time, which is now eight rinks, there were just little black marks all over the ice from the spray paint that had rubbed off. Michael, it's been a great ride. This has been a, a, a great time for me to talk with you because the only other time, I was telling Bruce Allen, your manager, uh, he said, you, you want to interview uh, Michael? I said, yeah, I know he's busy and in demand, but I would. Because the last time, if you remember, you were at the Blue Note in New York, yeah. and we did it on the phone. Yeah. And I had to do that one because it was an assignment for you yeah. on the cover of TV Week magazine. Yeah, that's right. Remember I remember. That? I remember coming home actually and seeing it. Yeah. Remember, pe people uh, uh, were amazed because, and you were amazed because of who was coming into the Blue Note every night. Oh, sure, absolutely. Well, people like Kevin Spacey yeah. were showing up, and uh, that's where I met Phil Ramone the first time, and uh, even Peter Sincotti, who's a good friend of mine now, a young guy with he'd come with his sister and great musician, and um, it was really cool actually. It's weird, you know, Red, when I think about it. You, know, you asked me a question earlier about being nervous here tonight. Now, I wasn't nervous at the Blue Note, and I wasn't nervous. The most nerve-wracking I think I've ever had was at the Arts Club Theater when I did your show, when I did Red Rock Diner. And maybe because it wasn't my show, because it was, I was part of something bigger, and, uh, and you know, you, I didn't want to let other people down. I think I was more nervous then than I've probably ever been. And I remember coming out singing, I think, a song called Bop in the Blues. Yes. Carl Perkins song. Carl yeah. Perkins thinking, God be good, Michael. God be good, Michael. And, and this theater, I remember coming out there and looking up and this massive theater with all of these people. And uh, tonight I played a 14,000, and I feel no nerves, yet that night I played to about 400 people, and I was just... But what people don't know is that you pulled off an acting part there, too. You could, you could act in that. That took acting, too, remember? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, De uh, Dean uh, was great. Dean uh, Regan. Dean Regan was just uh, awesome there. No, he, he saw you at the Babaloo once and said, I got to have him in the show. And I mean, I had nothing to do with organizing that. Mm. But when I got the phone call uh, saying, what do you think? I said, yes. And the other thing I think, Michael, that I feel an, an association with you that'll live forever yeah. was when I was doing Timmy's Telethon and yeah. I wanted you to go on there. And that was the first uh, exposure television-wise throughout the province. Sure. And uh, you did a great job and I have the tapes. Thank you. And you do have the tapes? <laughs> and also we've hung out a lot. You came to my parents' Christmas party last year and... I probably embarrassed myself. I think I sat with a scotch the whole time. I did too, though, so we're even. We did. <laughs> How many times Thank did I come bud. and say, I love you, Red? <laughs> I just you. love you. Michael, you're nominated uh, in a different category this year in the Grammys, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Best male pop vocal. Yeah, but you, how do you, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? But all yeah. the award shows have these categories that are weird and yeah. everything else. But it's an honor, is it not? Huge honor, of course, absolutely. Big honor and... Uh, you know, I'm, it's pretty cool to, to be able to step out of that. Uh, you know, I, I, I am nominated for the best traditional pop record again, which is cool, very cool. Um, but to be nominated in, a, in a, something that kind of crossed over in a very pop kind of thing against Justin Timberlake and Seal and Paul McCartney and John Mayer is really pretty amazing for me. Yeah, I guess you say, hey, my name's in with that group. That's going to be all right Absolutely. in itself. And I keep saying this. No one, it seems that no one remembers whether you won or not. The, you know, when you're nominated, they just, people, when they write stuff about me, they assume that I've won already. And I think I've had two nominations now, and I've lost both times. And people still say, Grammy winner. And I go, and I say nothing, of course. <laughs> I say, yes, of course I won. It, it was an amazing speech I made. We want to wish you luck, though. Good luck. Thank and you, I hope Red. you end up with a Grammy. It'd be a, a nice thing to put up there on the mantle. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, like we were talking about earlier, Elvis, yeah. the greatest, I think, ever. Ever. He only won two, and he won them for gospel. So. Yeah. It's a weird uh, world out there. I'd, I'd love to pick one up, though. I'd love to. I'd love to have you win just for the fact that you're a great guy. Thank you. Thanks, Red.